Amen. Well, hello and good morning, Liberty Church family and folks. Welcome, welcome to our special online service that we are having this morning. My name is Pastor Ian. I am our campus pastor at Liberty Church Holly Pond. Uh, and I would be uh, lying to you this morning if I said I wasn't a little saddened uh, that we are not meeting together uh, as a church family on our respective campuses and our respective locations. Uh, we obviously cannot do that right now in this time and season uh, as this coronavirus is is, uh, is a real thing. It's, it's, it's spreading around the world and around the nation. So we as a church felt like we needed to, for now, for the, the next couple weeks, to meet via online. And so uh, I miss all of our, our, our church family. Uh, if you're watching, uh, I love you. We miss you. We're praying for you. Um, so hopefully we'll get through this. It's not going to be too long in Jesus' name. But praise God, aren't you thankful for technology uh, and the day and age that we live in? And we, we can still can meet, uh, and you get to literally stream me into the, the comforts of your own home. So I'm thankful, honored, and blessed that I get to do that this morning. And I'm really excited to really share this message that we are going to be going over this morning. And, and the Holy Spirit has really just been uh, uh, working on me, in me, and through me these last couple weeks. It's really felt like a whirlwind with this, this whole virus going on. And so I really want to, want to dish out some hope, encouragement, uh, and love and joy this morning because this, is, this isn't going to last, y'all. Uh, God has plans. God is still in control. Uh, we, we don't have to fear. Uh, and so I really want to encourage you and, 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 and give you hope this morning that that's exactly uh, what's going to happen and what is in store for us. So the title of our message this morning is Choose Life. Choose Life. And, and I know right now we are in unprecedented times. We are in unprecedented times. I'm 34 years old. Uh, I'm not old by any means, but I can see 40. It's, it's just over yonder. <laughs> so I've lived life a little bit. I haven't always lived for Jesus. I got a, a, a BC days, and so I've seen some stuff. I've seen wars. I, I can remember Y2K. I can remember 9-11, uh, uh, some pretty crazy, uh, disruptive times in my life. Y'all, but I have never experience times and days like the times and days that we are experiencing right now, where every single sport is canceled. I'm preaching to an empty auditorium right now and coming to you in your homes. Churches are closed. Schools are closed. And there's no timeline for how long that's going to be. And so the Holy Spirit, as I've been praying and seeking his face, and I hope you have been too, the last week or so, the Holy Spirit shared with me, you know, we're in unprecedented times, and unprecedented times call for unprecedented faith. And so this is a chance for the church to shine like it never has. This is a chance for you to grow like you never have. I know one thing about adversity, when adversity strikes, there's no greater opportunity than for advancement, to grow the opportunity to step in and step up. And so I believe this is a time where the church can step up and shine for his glory. 
And so what's, what's that, that big, bold prayer that you've yet to pray? What's that big, bold thing God is asking you to do to step out in faith that you've yet to do? Y'all, there's no better time than now. Now is the time that we have to choose life. And that is the title of our message this morning. And do you know, I know you know, as a believer, that we have to choose life on a daily basis, right? We have to, we have to say, hello, good morning, Holy Spirit, God, I choose you today. And so it's important uh, as believers, uh, as confessors and followers of Jesus Christ that we have to do that. But let me tie this in and reel it into where we're at right now in this season of life, uh, this coronavirus uh, crisis, I guess you could call it if you want. There's no greater time than now than as the church, as the body of believers, that we have to choose life. Be on purpose to choose life. And we have to choose life, not just in our minds, not just with our hearts, not just with our faith, but we have to choose life with our words. We have to speak life, and that's really how we choose life, by speaking life as well. Because if you know, there's a world out there, news cycles, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever else, they're not speaking and choosing life. And if we don't, as believers, choose life to be the light of the world, we have an opportunity to shine for Christ. So our foundational scripture this morning, if you want to follow along with me, if you got your Bibles there, I hope at home you do, go ahead and open it uh, to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 through 20. So the Lord is speaking to the Israelites, and he, he says this. He says, today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life. If you're sitting there watching online with me, I want you to go ahead and just, just repeat that to yourself out loud, wherever you sit right now, say that I choose life. I choose life. God says, oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I love this scripture. God, he says, I literally, uh, I have the key to your life. You know, when God says, I have the key, I have the secret uh, to your life, you know, you're supposed to kind of hunker down uh, and listen and clean, lean in close. And so I want you to sit and listen and lean in close. God says, this is the key to your life. Uh, so choose life, he says, that you may choose by loving the Lord your God, by obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key. This is the secret to choosing life. And so God lays this out for us. He lays the guidelines. He, he lays out the, the plan, the strategy for us to experience blessing and not curses, to experience life uh, and not death. What did Jesus say? I come to give uh, life and life more abundant, right? So we have to choose by faith, on purpose, uh, choose life. Let's look at that first point that we have for you this morning. 
So life is a choice that we make. We choose life by choosing to love God and obey him. Y'all, living for God is a daily choice. And it's so important that right now, in this season, in the midst of this chaos and this, this coronavirus crisis, that we daily choose life for the world around us and that we reflect hope to the world around us. Because our Holly Pond folks, you hear me say this every week, I don't believe that the world, people in the world, even non-believers reject the truth of who Jesus is in this book, in the Bible. But the world does reject those who represent Jesus in the wrong way. And so it's so important that right now in this time, in this season, uh, that the world that our nation is in, it's, it's chaotic, it's crazy, it's, the news cycle is up and down from five, every five to ten minutes, you're hearing something else, that we choose life and reflect the true hope and truth of who Jesus is for the world. So that we don't get sucked in to doing things the way the world does, speaking death, living death, reflecting death, that we choose life and share it freely to the world. And as we choose life, as we choose God, you got to know that as soon as you make that choice by faith that you're going to choose life and you're going to choose Jesus and God in your life, uh, that's really when, when the, the, your faith is tested. That's really when the attacks come. <laughs> because if you could think of your life before you uh, accepted Jesus into your life, you were just doing what you wanted to do, you were deceived, you didn't know you were deceived, uh, you weren't doing anything for God, the enemy didn't have to mess with you. You were doing what you wanted to do. <laughs> But now you're going to go ahead and confess Jesus and choose life and live the way God wants you to live. Now you become a threat to the enemy, to the world. And that's when really our faith is spearheaded uh, by obstacles. Really, that's how the enemy attacks. And that's how he attacks us with doubt uh, and pressure and circumstances and crisis. <laughs> and it's so important that we choose life in the midst of crisis so that we're not persuaded and swayed away down the beaten path where we're not supposed to go. That next point that we have for you this morning, the importance of choosing life uh, immediately impacts our choices. When I choose life, I get life. When I speak life, I speak life over my life. And so this next point, the choices that we make in crisis are usually the choices that make us or break us. Crisis choices many times have immediate and lasting repercussions. And so in the midst of this coronavirus, we have all sorts of people oh, lost and even believers alike that are making crazy uh, choices, not my faith. Uh, they're making choices and, and reacting uh, in this place of crisis. Uh, and, and when we make one choice, it affects uh, 
other choices on down the line. So crisis choices many times have immediate and lasting repercussions. Y'all, and I want you to hear me this morning. The enemy, as soon as you choose faith, as soon as you you choose life, the enemy is going to come against you when you say, you know what, not today, devil, I'm choosing peace. I'm going to listen to the news. I'm going to watch the news because wisdom says I need to know what's going on, but I'm not going to be so sucked in uh, that I'm in this this cycle of death that I don't even know what truth is. I'm going to choose life. I'm going to choose peace today. And when you do that, the enemy tries to come in, spearhead your faith, and he wants us to make choices out of emotion. He wants us to make choices out of, emo- out of emotion, to be panicked, to experience worry, to experience stress, to experience anxiety, all these things. And when, I, when, I, when I'm living this way, I, I, I forget to invite the presence of God into my life. And see, I want you to hear me. See, God, he wants us to stop reacting and start responding. God wants us to stop reacting and start responding. You say, Pastor Ian, is there a difference? (laughs) And there is a difference between reacting in emotion, reacting in fear, reacting in panic, as opposed to responding by faith. And when I respond by faith, I experience peace. I choose life. I speak life. And I can respond and not just simply react. When we appropriately respond by faith, instead of reacting in the flesh, signs, miracles, and wonders can happen. When I respond by faith, instead of stop reacting in my flesh, signs, miracles, and wonders can happen. And do y'all know Right now, we need some signs, some miracles, and some wonders. Some people might say that this coronavirus is a sign. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just a young pastor trying to figure it all out. But I do know we need a miracle. And I do know know we need some wonders to take place. And I know God enacts his signs, miracles, and wonders when we choose life by obedience and by faith for him to use us to enact his signs, miracles, and wonders as the body uh, of, of Christ, as the body and church of the world. And so we gotta, we gotta, we gotta choose life, but we have to begin to respond by faith and stop reacting uh, by fear and emotions so that signs, miracles, and wonders can happen. We have really four main keys for you this morning that I believe is going to help us choose life, to speak life. Really four choices that we as believers need to make to be conscious, proactive in doing during this crisis, this coronavirus crisis. When we do these four things, we're responding by faith, and we're choosing life. Amen? Number one, we have to choose faith over fear. Faith draws us near, and fear draws us back. 
Faith believes and fear blames. And so, do you know that you cannot stand in a place of faith and stand in a place of fear at the same time? It's impossible. The Word of God says it's impossible to please Him uh, without faith. But if you are standing in a place of fear, you cannot stand in a place of faith. Pastor Ian, how do I know if I'm standing in a place of faith or if I'm standing in a place of fear? Well, if you experience anxiety, you experience trepidation, you experience the what ifs and the how's this going to work and, and all these things, and I, I can drive myself crazy inside my mind. If you are experiencing these types of things, you are not stepping into a place of faith. And so we have to, on purpose, choose faith over fear. And when we choose faith, it draws us in. It draws us into the presence of God. When, when, I, when I choose fear, it disconnects me from the Father. And so today we got to choose faith. We got to draw near. We got to believe. And we got to stop blaming. We got to stop blaming because when we're in a place of fear to make myself feel better and to make myself feel like I, I got it under control and I can, I can stuff this down, I can blame and point the finger at others. I, I hear a lot of people, I, I pay attention to the news, so a lot of people want to blame China for this virus. In a roundabout way, maybe it is their fault. You know what? But you, as believers, as Christians, y'all, we can't point the finger of blame to help me feel better in this time of crisis when, I'm, when I am not choosing faith instead of fear as the world does. We're called to be different. We're called to shine. We're called to stand out. And we got to do that by choosing faith on the front end. Second Timothy uh, Verse 1 through 7, and when all this news broke, really, uh, about a week and a half ago on Friday, the Holy Spirit, I was driving, I was working, uh, I'm a bug man, I kill bugs, and so I drive around a lot, uh, in, the, in the middle of not killing bugs on the road driving, the Holy Spirit just gave me this scripture, I knew immediately uh, that this was the scripture that I was going to need for this season, for my family, for my church, for those who I love and care about, for those to encourage, the Holy Spirit impressed it right upon me, and, and 2 Timothy verse 1 through 7, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind. Not giving us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What could happen, church, if we went out into the world as the world is crazy, uh, point fingers of blame, living in fear, and if we walked around in a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind, of peace, what could happen? I don't know, hopefully you are still working. I hope and pray for all those that are being affected at their jobs through this. But imagine wherever you work, I don't know what you do, but isn't it so great when you have a manager, somebody over you, somebody that you work with, that when times get tough or a problem arises and everybody else seems to fight and fuss and complain and be fearful and, uh, and blame and, and wonder how it's going to get done and the leader steps up and they don't freak out. Uh, they, they have peace, they have command, they have authority uh, in a loving way, in a respectful way that it just, as an employee, it just does something on the inside of you. 
and I'm just using work as an illustration, what could happen if the church chose faith over fear to demonstrate this to the world that we come in contact with on a daily basis? The world's losing its mind, but you know what? I got peace in Jesus because, because I know the one, the son, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who said, let there be, the one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We're talking about choosing life. Do you know you're connected to the way if you need some direction in your life? Just call on Jesus. You need some life in your life? Call on Jesus by faith. We need to enact that over fear. Let's look at that next scripture that we got for you this morning. Go ahead and open your Bibles to Hebrews 11:6. 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He says it is impossible to please God without faith. Your spiritual life uh, began somewhere, and where did it begin? The day, if you can remember, think back to the day you've accepted Christ, or maybe if you're sitting watching today, you, have, you haven't made that, that moment, that decision in your life. There'll be an opportunity for you to do that today, I promise. But think back to that moment, to that day. What did it take? You had to, by faith, say, you know what, God? I'm done. I can't do this anymore. My way there's got to be something more to this life than just me, myself, and I, my problems, uh, people. And, and you, by faith, entered in. You entered into the, to his, to his presence. You entered in into the promise. And you, by faith, received that, that miracle of what God really is in your life in that moment. And so we have to choose faith over fear. God's bigger, God's in control. With him, what can't we do? Amen? Number two, so we gotta choose faith over fear. Number two this morning is we have to choose prayer. Somebody say prayer, if you're watching online. Say prayer over panic. Prayer connects us to the peace, the provision, and protection of God. I love that. Prayer connects us to the peace, the provision, and the protection of God. Does anybody need some peace in your life? Do you need some provision in your life? Do you need some protection in your life? Y'all, we gotta connect to the Father through prayer. We gotta connect to the Father through prayer and we can, we can experience those things. We can have those things. The flip, the flip side of this coin is, if we choose panic, panic disconnects us. It distorts and it disrupts every aspect of our life. So when I don't choose prayer, when I don't enter in, when I don't sit at his feet uh, every day and I don't sit and commune with him, prayer's a two-way uh, street. We talk, he listens, we get still, we get quiet, and he speaks and we listen. And so when I do that, I don't have to worry about panicking on down the line because I've sat at his feet. The thing is, we don't do our quiet time. We don't sit at his feet. We don't read his word. We don't, we don't sit and pray. We don't sit and listen. And because I do that, I feel disconnected. 
from God. I feel disconnected from the world, the ones that I love and care about. Uh, Truth becomes distorted in my life. And now MSNBC News, CNN News, Fox News begins to seem real and, and true to me. And I'm not saying every single thing that they say is a lie, but if I don't sit at his feet, listen to Jesus, read his word, you know, his Holy Spirit has a, has a, a mighty knack of a way of deciphering truth in my life. I know it's true for you. If I don't do that, now I'm just, this, I'm just a lost sheep going with the current of the world, and it's because I've disconnected myself. Prayer connects us. Y'all, it's your lifeline. It's our lifeline. Prayer is my lifeline. We're talking about choosing life. And if you need some life, you want some more life, you want life abundantly, you want eternal life, then we got to, by faith, pray to the Father. Because when I do, it connects me. It's my lifeline. I experience peace. I experience provision. I experience protection. And if I don't do that, if I panic, I'm disconnected. It disconnects us, and not just from our faith. It doesn't just disconnect you from your faith, and that's exactly what the enemy wants to do, to come in to kill, steal, and destroy, and rob you of your faith, but he also wants to disconnect you from the Father. And so we gotta choose prayer. Let's read Philippians 4, 6. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. See, here's the problem. This is what the world does. They do this uh, verse uh, in reverse. They do this verse in reverse. They, they, they worry about everything and instead they don't pray about anything. We as believers, if we truly believe in this dude named Jesus and what he's done and he was crucified, but then three days later resurrected by life and he promises that to us, to anyone who believes and confesses and lives for him, then why do I spend so much wasted time, energy, uh, everything on worry and panic Instead of praying to the, and being connected to the one who really has my back, do you know that God, the Father, that Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, who are all totally in agreement, have your back? The one that loves and cares about you the most is the one that we're ignoring the most. And he wants us to enter in. We waste so much time with panic and worry and stress. If we have that much time to waste on worry and panic and stress, why can't we use that same time for prayer? Pastor Ian, it's just so tough to get my word and sit at his feet for five, ten minutes. My mind wanders and it's so hard. It's not hard if you love them. You got to love them enough to meet with them on a daily basis. And I promise you that when you do, y'all, he will meet with you. He responds to faith. 
And when you pray by faith, I promise you, he will meet you. Amen? Let's read that next scripture, John 14 through 27. I'm sorry, John 14, verse 27. It says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. This is Jesus speaking. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Jesus says, I leave a gift that the world can't give. I leave a gift of peace, of mind, and of heart. So don't be troubled. Don't be afraid because I got you. We can experience these things through prayer. You got to know that the enemy knows this and wants to keep you disconnected and entering into this place of prayer as much as possible so that you don't experience this promise, this gift that Jesus came to give. And do you know uh, when Jesus was crucified and he said, amen, it is finished. Did you know that when he said, amen, it's finished. And so he gives us this gift. We have to, by faith, receive it. And he says, so don't be troubled or afraid. And so I know we got this, this coronavirus uh, pandemic, epidemic, whatever you want to call it. People are afraid. People are scared. Understandably so. Some might lose their jobs. People have already had to go home. People are wondering how they're going to pay their bills. People are wondering... How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And so worry and panic and all these things want to come in. And God says, don't worry. Don't be afraid. If, if you believe in me, if you trust in me, if you live for me, if you choose life and not choose death, I got it under control. I got you. I see you, my son. I see you, my daughter. Trust in me. And we can get through this. You know, and I don't know how soon it's going to be or how long this thing is going to take or, or how it's going to get finished or, or all these things, you know what? But when I, when I come into seasons and, and, and things like this in my life, I chalk it up as this. It's not my way. God's ways are higher than mine. He's God. He's the creator. I'm just the creation. And so his ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. And so God, I trust you. He can use the thing that the world wants to use uh, to, to kill, steal, and destroy, to come against us. He can turn it around for the good of those who love and believe in him. And so we gotta enter in to prayer. We gotta press into prayer really like we have yet to do. I said we're in unprecedented times right now, so that calls for unprecedented faith. Y'all, some of y'all maybe have not prayed this hard in a while because life has been so good. And sometimes when life is good, I forget to pray because I don't have nothing to pray about. And so maybe y'all on the flip side of this saying, you haven't prayed this hard in a long time. I want to challenge you. I want to I encourage you. Let's press in even deeper. Because when I press in his peace, his provision... All these things can be given to me. And so we're not to be troubled or afraid because God has us. Amen. And you know what I take comfort in also? Sometimes I feel like I, I'm going through a tough season, something tough. And the Holy Spirit would just say, you know what? You don't know who's praying for you. You know, I have so many people that love and care about me that are praying for me. 
So I take comfort in knowing I'm not just praying for me and my family and our church and for the world. There are other like-minded believers out there together. As the church, we are praying by faith and belief for God to show up. Signs, miracles, and wonders. Amen. So would you join me as we pray for this unforeseeable future? That's, that's, that's storm the gates of heaven. That's bind some things on earth. That's loose some things in heavenly places in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen. Number three, the third thing we got to do, that when we do, we demonstrate that we choose life. We got to choose wisdom over worry. We got to choose wisdom over worry. Wisdom gives life. Worry sucks the life out of our lives. Wisdom actually uh, has the ability to give and reproduce the good things uh, that we can chase after and attain through wisdom. And when I do the opposite of that, when I worry, it literally sucks the life out of our lives. When I'm, when I'm sucked into this place of worry, I don't live by faith. Uh, I'm stressed out. I'm angry. Uh, I'm jealous. I'm all these things because worry is, is, is literally sucking the life out of me. And so we waste a lot of time in panic and stress and worry. How much wasted time and energy do we waste on worry? Thinking about all the, the, the what ifs that keep us awake at night or maybe keep you awake at night. The, the what ifs of this, of this pandemic. The stock market this last week has been all over the place. The what ifs of our economy the what ifs of the church. Y'all, we literally have closed the church. I am preaching to you right now in your home. Uh, I'm preaching live to a, an empty church building. The what ifs of how long are we going to be doing church this way? The what ifs of my job. The what ifs of my, of my kids in school. The what ifs of all the sports that are canceled. If I get sucked into this, this, this way of thinking... This worry, all these, these what ifs, it drains my joy. It drains my peace. It drains my life. It, it reproduces death in my life. And now I have an atmosphere of death in my life and in my heart, and I bring that home to my family. And so I want to challenge you, y'all, we got to uh, use wisdom to be connected, to have the information, to watch the news, to be connected on Facebook, but y'all, we need a healthy balance because if you don't have a healthy balance empowered by the Holy Spirit, you are going to lay all this stuff, not just on you and have this over your life, lording over your life, sucking the life out of you. You're going you're gonna to have that and share that with the ones that you love and care about the most, your family and your friends. And God's calling us to shine and not be like the world, to shine like a bright beacon from heaven to the world so that we can Draw people to Jesus. Draw people to the truth by the way that we live our lives. And that's why we have to choose wisdom over worry. Proverbs 9-11, I love this, this proverb. Wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life. Would anybody like to live long? I want to live as long as I can until God calls me home. When I choose wisdom, it multiplies my days. It multiplies my years. Wisdom literally multiplies our lives and the value of our lives. Wisdom is how 
we pass on the victories we've experienced. And wisdom says we have to have a plan. See, and this is how you use wisdom to combat worry. See, worry just keeps you stuck in this place in your mind where you're worrying of the what ifs, the hows, the when's it going to be, and you just stay stuck in this, on this metaphorical uh, offense. <laughs> and you're not, you're, not, you're not living by faith, and you're not doing anything. You're just stuck in this place of worry, doubt, and fear, and panic. Uh, but when I use wisdom, I see, I recognize there's a problem. Wisdom helps me identify the solution and the next steps to prepare and plan for whatever it is that is ahead of me. And so we got to tap in to that wisdom that says, you know what? I'm not going to have a spirit of fear. I'm, I'm having a spirit of faith, but I'm going to step out of faith and have a plan, have some solutions. As a church, we had to close our church down for the next couple weeks, just, just for now, just to kind of ride this thing out. I've had some people say, you're not really acting by faith if you close the church down. We are using wisdom. We're not just honoring the governing authorities that are over us by doing what they've asked. There's a separation of church and state. We want to honor those above us. We also want to pray and use wisdom. And I'm so glad that I have uh, pastors and people over me as I come up under the covering of, of Pastor Keith, and it's really his decision and the elders' decisions to do what we've done. And I can rest in that. I can rest in the peace and the wisdom of others in my life. And so, fathers, mothers, you need the wisdom so that your family can come and rest up under you. Because when you live your life of worry and demonstrate worry to your kids and all those you come in contact with, that's not life-giving. That's life sucking. And God calls us higher. And when let's read Matthew 6. We got a big chunk of scripture here. So bear with me as we get through it. We're going to read Matthew 6, 25 through 34. We got Jesus uh, speaking again. And he says, this is why I tell you uh, not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food? Your body more than clothing. He says, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? <laughs> Is your body more than toilet paper? <laughs> I know you all have heard the crazy stuff going on with uh, Purell and sanitizer and toilet paper. Everybody's worried, uh, panicked, buying all this stuff so that the people that really need it are now suffering and going without and, and this is how the world lives. They're, they're living in exact opposition to what Jesus is, is teaching and preaching to us. This morning, he says, not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough toilet paper or enough sanitizer or, or enough anything else or enough clothes to wear. He says, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Worry is a waste of time. Do you know 98%, 99% of the things you worry and stress about will never happen in your life? Jesus says, don't worry. Instead, trust my Father and trust me. If he takes care of the birds, they don't have to worry and stress about what food they're going to eat. How much more do I love you? 
that I will take care of my children. Verse 28, he says, and why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if you read uh, through your Bible, you'll know that Solomon, the son of David, was uh, one of the richest men on earth. He had everything. He had it all. He had the Gucci, he had the Nikes, he had the, the coat and, and all the stuff, the jewelry, the gold chains. And the lilies were, he was not even as dressed as beautifully as the lilies. Verse 30, and if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly take care of you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring about enough of its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. The thing I want us to grab and pull out of that chunk of scripture is not only that we have to stop worrying and live by faith and trust and believe that he's got us, that he'll take care of us, but we can take care of tomorrow by capturing today. But the thing is, in order for me to experience peace and provision that God has for me, I have to first seek the kingdom of God above all else. And then these things are added onto me. You got to go ahead and give God credit for what he's done in your life, what he's doing in your life. If you bypass that step, you can't enter into the peace and the provision that God wants to to give you. So I have to first seek the kingdom and then I can rest in his presence and in his peace and provision. And here's the thing. I know and I believe and I trust that God will provide a way. He makes a way. He's a way maker. See, but the thing is, I don't know how he's going to provide. I know he'll give the promise, but I can't see, I can't feel right now in this season how he's going to do it. I feel like maybe that's how a lot of us are right now. I believe and I trust in God, but this is really messed up. Things are crazy. I don't know how he's going to do it. You don't need to know the answer. (laughs) My life verse is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to give you a future and a hope. Not to harm you, but to prosper you. See, I know he wants to prosper me, but see, I struggle in my faith because I don't know how he's going to do it. God says, forget that. Seek my kingdom first and trust and believe and wait. And I'll show up and show out in your life. Amen, that's all he calls us to do. We must release control of ourselves and trust in him. Number four. The last point that we have for you today, a way we can choose life is we have to choose service over selfishness. Selfishness multiplies the crisis and service minimizes the crisis because it ministers to the people in crisis. I was kind of making a joke about the toilet paper and the sanitizer and all this stuff. People and even believers and Christians acting 
selfishly. Wisdom says have a plan. Wisdom Wisdom says prepare. Wisdom doesn't say hoard everything so that nobody else can have some or go without. And so we gotta, right now in this season as a church, and I know they've got this term tossed around, social distancing, excuse me. I hate that term, because I, I, I don't want that to become the new norm, no matter how long this may go, to give people an excuse not to enter into to relationship. And God calls us into relationship, not just with him, but with others. And so the church right now, it breaks my heart, is, is suffering because we can't gather and grow together. We can't, we can't hug on each other and love on each other and encourage each other. I got to preach to you through your computer screen or your phone screen. And so, but that's how we got we to gotta, we gotta break out of this, 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 this selfishness that the world is, 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 is spinning. And we got to be selfless as the body of, uh, of Christ, selfless to a hurting and broken world. And it's through our service that we literally become the hands and feet of Jesus. This is how the church becomes the hands and feet of Jesus through our service. What did, what did Jesus say? I come, the son of man not come to be, to be served, but to serve. He washed the feet of his disciples. And so in this, this time of need, I, I pray that the Holy Spirit show you a way that you can give back, a way you can serve during this social distancing time period. There are things that we as a church can do to be connected, to get plugged in, to to help and hurt broken and hurting people and love on people and share the gospel for people because God calls us to serve and not be selfish. If we're self-focused, the kingdom suffers. When we're self-focused, the kingdom suffers. And here's the thing the Lord was showing me. Too many of us think of ourselves as less than. We think of ourselves as less than, and so I don't serve, and I forget who I am in Christ. We gotta remember how blessed we are, who we are in Christ, and when I remember that, now I can enter into the world and I can serve and I can love and I can help and I can come alongside and I can encourage and I can love other people when I get outside of my selfishness. And see, in crisis and seasons like this, we're so self-focused, I'm thinking and praying about just me and just my family and, 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 and all the stuff that I need and if I do that too long and I stay stuck in that place, I, I lose sight of the kingdom of God and the, and the people that God wants to help through me. And I forget who I am and I forget who Jesus is in my life. And God can't work in us and through us. And so we have to see who we are in Christ. And when we see who we are in Christ, no circumstance, no pressure, no crisis, no, no virus, is too big. When the church comes together to serve, no crisis is too big. Philippians 2, 3 through 5, it says, so don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude 
that Christ Jesus had. Paul's speaking and preaching to the, to the Philippians and he's saying, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of yourselves as others. Demonstrate Christ, how Christ demonstrated himself to us. When the church comes together in service for others, anything is possible. I want you to hear me. Anything is possible. We're in unprecedented times. That calls for unprecedented faith. This is just a right now problem, but I believe in adversity. Uh, we can become problem solvers. I don't need 10,000 people to tell me the problem. Everybody knows we have a problem, that there's a virus. We need people to be looking for a solution. The church can be looking for the solution to the problems that we are experiencing in our communities, in our cities, in our states, in our nation. We can come together for his glory and let's, let's solve some problems in Jesus' name. Amen, I got one extra scripture that y'all don't have on the screen. I just wanna really hit that on the head that anything is possible. It's a verse that I, I know y'all know, but I wanna read a verse previous to that. It's Philippians, we're in the book of Philippians 4, 12 through 13. Paul's speaking, he says, for I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation. Do you know that right now we're in a situation? We're in a crisis. Some of us have everything. Some of us have nothing. Some of us are stressed out and worried and, and wondering how we're going to get through this. Paul says, I have a secret. I have a secret. He says, lean in. I have the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or an empty stomach or with no toilet paper or no hand sanitizer or no job or, or no church on Sunday mornings or with plenty or with little. And here it is, I know you know this. If you wanna read it with me, go ahead. Verse 13 says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. We can do everything through Christ who gives us strength because he's the one. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. He promises that to us and we can come together and what can't we do. No matter what lies ahead, I don't know what lies ahead, but we can fear not in Jesus' name. We can because Jesus did. <laughs> we can because Jesus did. I can promise that to you as a pastor. We can because Jesus did. He said, amen, it's finished. He doesn't lie. He's the son of God. He said, amen, it's finished. It's finished. We can accomplish many great things through him. So I implore you, believers, like my Liberty Church, anybody watching, let's choose life and not death. Let's choose faith and not fear. Let's choose prayer. Let's choose wisdom over worry. And let's choose service over selfishness. Let's choose life. Let's speak life. Let's demonstrate life. Let's demonstrate hope. Let's, let's choose love. Let's, let's do all the things that God wants to do in and through us in this time of need. Y'all, the world needs the church more than ever right now. I know we can't gather together and it breaks my heart, but y'all, the, the church is fixing to break out. In Jesus' name. And so if you're with me, I'm fixing the clothes. I want you just to bow your head and close your eyes wherever you're at. 
in front of your computer or watch it on your phone, you're with your family in your living room, I don't know. You're in your kitchen eating breakfast, I don't know. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to pray with me. I want to bombard heaven right now all over Marshall County, Coleman County, Blount County, wherever you're at. I want us to begin to, to seek the kingdom first together and to begin to pray God's will and his ways and his mercy and grace over our nation and our families and especially those are the ones that have been affected by this virus. I feel like they're the ones that forget, for, forgot about the most. There have been people that have died and families that have had experienced death and loss because of this virus. So I want you to pray with me. So right now, Heavenly Father, God, we, we lift up this church to you. We lift up uh, our cities. We lift up the state of Alabama to you. We lift up our nation. We lift up the world to you now in Jesus' name. Father God, we seek your face and your, uh, your kingdom right now, Father God. And we're not going to worry anymore, God. We're not going to stress or be fearful anymore, God. We're going to walk by faith and not by sight, God. Your word says that the, the faith of a mustard seed has power to move mountains, well, what's a little old virus compared to a mountain, Father God? So right now, Lord, I pray your mercy and your grace, your provision and your peace for anybody who believes in you, Lord, and even more, more than that, the ones that don't know you yet, Father God. I pray that you use this virus for somebody to wake up, wake up to the things of spirituality and to, the, to the, the questions of what happens after life and that people begin to question who they are, where they are, what they're doing, and that they literally invite you in to their lives, to be born again or saved. And so if you're watching right now, maybe you've never done that. You don't have that moment in your life. And this last couple weeks you've been, you've been going crazy and you're thinking about maybe life after death. If there is life after death, I'm here to tell you there is. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And all you gotta do is, is pray by faith and believe in him and trust in him and he can come in and move into your life, move into your heart and you can be born again. So if that's you, I wanna go ahead and just lead you in a prayer. If that's you, repeat after me. So Heavenly Father, God, we love you. God, and right now, by faith, God, I receive that gift that is Jesus. God, I'm laying my life down and I'm accepting that gift today to be born again, to be made new, and to have a new hope in Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen.